we know when we're not recording a podcast, we also speak as well to ourselves, don't we? We so it's not just or oh, to each other. Yeah, yeah. We so it's not just for the podcast, and we you know we remain silent. So in one of those moments where we were talking, we were just saying that whilst you're getting ready for like this Zoom call, uh, and one person's on and the other person doesn't know that they're on, um, you were. You can just look stupid if you're not careful about how your face is looking. So that's what well, I was doing. Because this mo- this morning when uh, when I came into the room, uh, you you obviously didn't weren't aware of it. You were looking at something else, and and had got your straw hat on. But then I noticed as soon as you saw that I was here, you whipped it off really quick, as though like I'd caught you wearing it when you shouldn't. Tell you why that is. I can't wear the hat and my headphones at the same time. I'll I'll demo it. Uh, well, I can. Right. I mean, it just perches. <laughs> it looks more like something in a cartoon. But um, so when I saw you there, I was like, oh right. Well, I best take that off and put right. my headphones on. But I I admit that must have looked suspicious. Like I was <laughs> like something else was happening. Oh, oh my he's... god, he's seen me out. Are you all right, Rob? Yes, yeah, I'm fine, I'm good, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright, I'm in a different location to what I usually am. I think it's the same location as last week, to be fair, but... Or yeah, last time. That which, yeah, which is sort of an emptier room, so there, there sometimes seems to be a echo, but it seems alright today. Yeah, well, I've shut the door, but um, I'm just uh, a bit uh. conscious. Dogs might need to go out, so if that changes, uh, that that's me. That I've introduced that as the continuity. <laughs> Does that if that helps? I've got my All drink. Right. I've got my drinks ready, and I've got my notes ready. And just before we started recording, you'd said something about this episode, wasn't it? Was what were you saying? You'd seen uh, that you'd, you actually watched this for the first time a couple oh, yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I watched it then because we we uh, we thought we might uh, record earlier earlier on, didn't we? But mm. then couldn't. So yeah, I watched it then, and then I watched it again this morning, and uh, it is quite handy actually watching them twice because d- just just little things sort of crop up that I'd not sort of thought about on the first time through. Well, I, or, I, or you, yeah, I, I was just about to say exactly that, and we we've had to do it on a couple of occasions where we've recorded, what? it went wrong, and then rather than just use our old notes, we but. Uh, this is one of those episodes where I wish I had seen it twice because I find myself writing an unbearable amount of notes and um, when I reflect on it about nothing <laughs> I was I honestly was writing oh I'll write that down so I don't forget it and I was like that contributed to fuck all basically <laughs> so we'll see how it goes I mean um, as I, I, I you just said there I've just watched it as well but um I wanted to mention something else before we went into that um, yeah, I've had uh, I've had a little. I don't know if it's because um, just getting bored of the same old internet sites, right? I decided <laughs> to branch out and look at right. uh, gossip. <laughs> um, oh, right. Yeah, this is not like me, and, I, and this is the reason why I'm trying to think there must be an explanation as to where I've got this from. Right. Essentially, you've got um, these websites, which give you uh, they they tell stories about celebrities, or in the case that I'm about to talk to you about, in influencers, right? And right, what what is your understanding of this word influencers? Let me get that. Well, I it's it's those people in it who have sort of a mate a rate. 
arranged it so that they can get paid for actually doing bugger all. They do less than we do, I think. You know, I mean, at least we watch it. We work for our money. But these people like just like people send them things to to open and play with and stuff, don't they? And then they yeah. sort of say recommend it to people. They, I think it must be a great job if you can get away with it. Yeah, they they work tremendously hard to do nothing. It it feels like there's a problem there. Is that they they work harder than actually just doing a regular job. Um, but you reckon? I no, I don't think that there's any brains involved. I just think there's a lot of effort involved. <laughs> you can't not you can't not do what they do without having the effort behind it. I'm absolutely convinced of it. Well, look, the the reason uh, I'm glad we're on that page, but there's a one woman. And actually, now I'm thinking of it, she probably is down that celebrity list and, and a beyond influencer. She was one of a previous The Only Way is Essex contestants. What is contestants? Oh, right. Is that... you, did, you did get into that at one time, didn't you? I wouldn't say that, Rob. Let's... Right, if there are people <laughs> listening to this, then I'm in trouble. No, I don't think I got into it as opposed to I was that bothered by it that I couldn't let it go. And um, <laughs> anyway, I don't recall this woman, but as I understand it, she was one of those. Her name is Lauren right. Lauren Gugger. Gugger, I think that's... Pr- Gugger, maybe? Good right. Yeah. Right, is what I found in... This is... Right, by the way, I wasn't thinking, oh, I best pick a story. I read this and I was like, I've got to tell Rob all about this. <laughs> Here we, are you ready for this? I'm right. ready. Uh, what's worse is that this is from a newspaper. This is a journalist. And unfortunately, can't remember the journalist that wrote it down. But you right. could what, probably... What newspaper is it then? Um, well, that's the other part of this that I don't know either. But You, you tell a good story. I'll say that. <laughs> I, do you know what? I, I should have come with more ammo on this. However, what... You, what... you always grill me on my sources, don't you? And I often have to pull back up the Guardian. I'm so. just thinking that maybe I was so blown away about how ridiculous this story is that at all semblance of, you know, the kind of like building the project up. I, I, yeah. Right, are you ready for this? And I'm going to Go read it verbatim. Um, right. There's nothing worse than ruining your shoes in a puddle. But Lauren Gugger was lucky enough to sidestep that problem on Friday. The quick thinking reality... Yeah, because now you, you're, I know what you're thinking. It's like sidestep. That's a, that's, there's a pun there, isn't there? She's sidestepped a yeah, puddle. She, so yeah, what, like, what like could she's... It, yeah, what could Side it have the puddle. Yes. She, she's like avoided standing in the puddle. The quick thinking Lauren has moved her foot to one side. Yeah, so you can't, you're obviously, I know what you're thinking. It's like, that's what it suggests, but that right. can't be what it is, right? And um, right. right, so I'll just carry on. The quick thinking reality star suspotted the pool of water before walking right into it outside of <laughs> A shop in Essex. Right. <laughs> so, it, no, it is actually that she sidestepped a puddle. Right, okay. Are you sure? Are you ready? Right, the the, the final bit of this. A short... <laughs> a short skip to the left was, <laughs> was all that Lauren needed <laughs> to avoid a watery disaster. <laughs> and then... And then there is a photo... Of this happening. <laughs> right, so... <laughs> now, our listeners won't be able to see this, okay? But I'm going to share um, share the screen of the image with you now. Can you see that? 
Oh yeah. <laughs> she's startling. Uh, I mean, she's. Yeah. You can see the splash on her left foot there. So she caught yeah. a bit of it. I dread the condition of the suede or new book, um, but That's she has avoided a watery disaster from. Wow. <laughs> Well, actually, there's a, there's a similar story about an uh, eager young podcaster who, narrow, who sidestepped a dog shit when he was out walking on the park the other day. That sounds like a, you've a jibe at me for something that I didn't know about. No, Is... <laughs> no it was just me when I was out for a walk. <laughs> I, saw, I saw a turd and I didn't stand in it. So it was... <laughs> So it was you. Oh, God, right, okay, sorry. I was thinking, I mean, I might have done that. I don't recall it, but... Um... No, no, I thought I thought about writing into papers and say I narrowly be standing in a dog shit, but I thought it's not really news, is it? <laughs> so this is, um, well, do you know what you could probably do? In fact, well, let's do an experiment on it now, right? Okay, I'm just going right. in, to type into the internet. Um, Lauren, and I'm just going to put uh, Goodyear. What did I call it? Oh, Gooja. Gooja. Oh, it's not going to Y in it. Right. Gooja. Right. It's, oh, right. Seems a weird. It's not good gear either. Right, apparently. Right. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to type in Lauren Gooja puddle. Let's see what happens. Right. And yes. <laughs> oh. It is news. It is news. And it is from the Daily Mail. Uh, yeah. And, well, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yes. So now uh, somebody has commented... Is this the greatest headline of all time? And I think they're probably poking fun at that. Well, my my only sort of pre uh, pre credits uh, story. Uh, first of all, I like the fact that you're calling it a pre title story, as if it was the, it's good, the it? It, that was the segment of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I noticed earlier on. I said to you, "I've lost audio here," and I thought, "Oh, that sounds really professional." But I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't hear what you, hear what you were saying. <laughs> It either professional or pro- professional or pretentious. I'm not sure <laughs> or, where prote- or professional, yes. <laughs> anyway, I've been I've been looking uh, for a. Uh, I'm thinking about buying a um, metal detector. Oh I yeah. Used to have one as a, I used to have one as a kid, and uh, I thought I've, I've been trying to buy a professional microphone to use for this. But failing miserably, so there's been there's been money burning a hole in my pocket. So I thought oh, I I could get myself one. So I've been reading the uh, reviews on the on these various things, you know, and sometimes the reviews are written in a different language. But if you on Amazon, I think this is. But if you press translate this review on a page on the get, page at the top, it sort of like suggests that you can translate the page. It must recognise that it's you're in a different country to the page. It must do, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it uh, it um, it translates it, but uh, it translates it in a sort of like if you were in the sort of second year German at school. <laughs> it's like if you if you if you did it then. So, <laughs> so there's this there's this woman. And she's out with her husband, and uh, they're metal detecting. And they, they come across something in the, and they dig down and they think it might be a hand grenade. But so they're a bit careful about it. And so she says, We two cardboard noses sit around <laughs> in the hole in the woods and look at something we can't identify. I can't even imagine what, what they were going for. But came up in cardboard noses, right? But, but later on, 
they call the um, bomb disposal, <laughs> disposal squad, and uh, she's, they, they take it away to blow it up. And what she how she closes this. Now we were baff, <laughs> acute. The shock had to be overcome with a warm liver cheese mould. <laughs> There's never, never an occasion that a warm, a warm cheese mould hasn't helped me out in such well, situations. It's my instant fallback. I know when when I narrowly missed that doctor the other day, I straight into warm liver cheese mould when I came home. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! What a great pre-title story. Um, I think we should go to the music now. Let's go. It's the tales about the tales of the internet. Of the of the tales of the unexpected tales podcast. Yeah, well, um, Elle, my wife, she only ever listens to the pre-titled bits. She's not, but she, she's not bothered about the shows, but she wonders what stories we're telling. That's the only bit she ever listens to. Okay, well, I hope that I hope the story about Lauren Goodyear sidestepping the puddle was enough uh, on, and a, the, on and a the car- to work. And the cardboard mould eaten. Oh, good. The yeah. cardboard nosed mould eaten. No, uh, the warm mould cheese, mouldy cheese. Do you warm cheese mould? <laughs> warm like. liver cheese mould. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> the, the, the liver cheese. How could I forget? Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I guess as we're, uh, hang on, I'm gonna have a sip of drink. Right. Okay. I've got an idea. Oh, I want to come to you with an idea about something. I think we should do our oh. podcast, but as a board game. Anyway, uh, we'll come, to, <coughs> come to that later. Right, right okay. Uh, so this was a, an episode called... Now, Rob, uh, I haven't written that down. What is it called? De- Death in the Morning. Death in the Morning, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's written, uh, well, allegedly, by somebody called uh, Zia Kruger, is it? I don't know. What? Yeah, yeah. Who, who wasn't listed in... Uh, in the extensive Wikipedia search that I always do on these things. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I do think, and this is one for our more highbrow listeners, that in a way this episode is heavily influenced by uh, Rebecca, by Daphne du Maurier. Oh, yes. Do you know what? Never even made that, but now you say it. Absolutely. Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So... So, highbrow listeners, keep keep have a look if you've not already. Yeah, and if or listen I'm, on what we're saying. And if I'm going to uh, sort of add to that, yeah. I the one of the one of my criticisms of this was that there's loads actually. Uh, they imply loads has happened, but you don't actually see much happening, um, and no. there, and therefore it would have been a better movie than a 25-minute show, because they could have yeah. done all of that stuff that they're suggesting happened or they were talking about. But what we get in this is... I'm not going to give any spoilers at this stage. Uh, by the way, I've seen it, um, so I, I'm not spoiling it for myself. But you, what you get is a lot of ex- just explanations about certain things yes, and very little yeah. of the things that they're explaining. 
Um, so we'll see how it goes, right? But it has, I tell you what, it, it starts off with the glangs, and then it has somebody, wait there, I'll come to uh, the, the main woman in a second, but Moray, Moray, uh, something or other? What's his name? It's a man's name. Uh, oh, right, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's quite a famous yeah. sort of fella, isn't he? You, you recognise his he's, voice. He's, yeah, he's called uh, Moray uh, Watson, yeah. And, then, and uh, he's, he's a sort of distinguished sort of fellow. Looks like he probably should have been in the army, and he, he probably was at some point. Yes, also, and, but really. as an actor, he always plays this type of person. Uh, yeah, he does, yeah. Distinguished English gentleman, probably would have featured in, you know, in the Generation game. No, you know, in... <laughs> no, maybe it was in the Generation... In three, two, one, they'd always do a little acting skit, wouldn't they? To, yes, to, before yes, the they the would. Yeah, he, he would have been in I'm, it. As I'm doing a, the fingers. Yes, he would have been oh. in it as one of the guests, uh, play, yeah. but playing uh, that he would have been an English gentleman. And then Ted Rogers would have said, "Well done, that was a nice bit that you've just done there. Uh, have you got a clue yeah. for me, Moray?" Yeah, and then he'd have he'll, given he'll him say, a clue. Bring over your MacGuffin, that's what you used to say. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I just want to say, when I to our listeners, when I say I'm doing the fingers, I'm not really doing the fingers. I just I just wag my hand about with three fingers up because I can't do the fingers. I, so I didn't want you to think I was I was boasting or anything. I like can that. do the fingers. Oh, you see, you're not boasting because you've been drawn into it, whereas I just voluntarily said it. All you oh. need to do, all, all you need to do, in fact, I'm doing it now, is just... Make sure you got one up. Spin your fingers a couple of times, and then just just yeah. have one let remaining. That's. I hope you're doing this with us at home. So it's so three, and then two, and then one. Quick. There you go. Anyway, yeah. Okay. Send in your videos of you doing the three two to the Facebook group, Facebook, and I'll I just admit you. But three, two, one. There you go. Right. Uh, we've got a Facebook group. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, I had heard of it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, well. Show, shows my devotion to the duty, doesn't it? I'd heard of it. Take a visit. I don't know much about yeah. it, but uh, it's on there. I'm, I've only recently just joined Facebook, so I've got to get used to that yeah. before I get used to this page that I've built. Well, I'm, um, I'm not on it at all. That's why I don't know about uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. Thing. I'll just tell you about it then later. Go on, then. All right. Um... Right. So yeah, so we've got Murray Watson in it, and then a woman called Carol Drinkwater, who I only imagine would be the woman who is playing Linda. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And she's it? obviously obviously famous mostly for uh, being uh, James Herriot's wife oh, in fuck. the uh, All, All Creatures, Creatures Great, Great and Small. Really? Yeah, the one, with, yeah, the one on the telly. With uh, what's it called? Yeah, Timothy something. Timothy. Anyway, that that one. Christopher in about, Timothy. Christopher Timothy, that's it, yeah. But interestingly, not only was she in that, but she was also in Bouquet of Barbed Wire and Another Bouquet, which starred my pin-up girl Susan yes. Finnalligan, Frank Finley, and that American bloke out of Run Rabbit Run. Yes, and this you but ah, you keep adding to that show, <laughs> Bouquet of Barbed Wire, <laughs> with people from Tales Unexpected. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're all over the place. It's, it's odd because I occasionally we see a person in like a later episode and we go, how did we miss that they were not in it? Well, here's the answer to that. We, we, we do the minimum amount of research in order to get through our episodes. Our episodes are about an hour long. And, you, and if we put any more information into that, then somebody's going to explode and it's not going to be on my watch. <laughs> 
So we are minimizing all research. And when we do find the opportunity to get it in, then we'll get it in. Ooh, uh, said the bishop to the, to the young actress. Right. Um, I've got a bit of a cough going on. Right. The next person, or rather the first person who's introduced, is our lead person, the manageress herself, Sherry Lungi. And, um, is that is that how you say it? You see, because I I didn't watch Manageress or anything, and uh, I so I didn't really know this person. So in my mind, I've been calling her Cherry Lungi. Oh, I don't know. It probably is. It sounds it sounds a bit like a sort of illness, doesn't it? You know, like yeah. scarlet fever or Cherry Lungi. You know, it does. Or so, a pizza so I think topping. Sh- <laughs> well, would you like some Cherry Lungi on that? It does sound quite Italian, do you not think? Lungi. Oh, it does. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking yeah, fungi. Yeah. Fungi, yeah, yeah. Fungi. Uh, But I didn't also either watch the uh, manageress. Uh, that sentence just was just a bunch of words cobbled together, the right <laughs> words, just in the wrong order. Yeah. When I see her, I'm going, yeah, 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 I know exactly what you mean, brilliant. Right. Right. Anybody else worth mentioning on that list? That's the only people I wrote down. Uh, well, let me see. Not not particularly, no. I mean, the, uh, the fellow who plays Duncan uh, is a fellow called Alan Rowe, and uh, I discovered in our minimal research that uh, he was the partner of um, Jeffrey Bailden, who used to play, oh gosh, what's his, Cat Weasel when I was very young. Yes. I, I don't know if, did, did you see Cat Weasel? Well, I don't, re- I don't remember the show, uh, but I remember the wet wrestler. <laughs> it was uh, a different one to that. Yeah, it was a different wrestler. <laughs> I, I, my, uh, a friend of mine that I went to college with, uh, Paula, she, uh, her uncle was the wrestler, Cat Weasel. There you go. Oh, really? Yeah. Right. Uh, not well, he was also in Wurzel Gummidge, which might have been a bit more your time frame. Yeah, so was he Was he Cat Weasel in Wurzel Gummidge? Or no, was he that... was Crow Man. He right. was the fellow who sort of set up the uh, uh, scarecrows and that, wasn't he? I don't know. I, I remember yeah. I remember knowing Wurzel Gummidge and I you know, sat in on stuff. I remember Aunt Sally shoving a gob with cream buns. Uh, oh, yeah. she, you know, she well, was like see... that, weren't she? Unistubs. <laughs> For for me, uh, like Cat Weasel, I I, I really sort of um, really liked the character, you know. And in in my mind, I would sometimes pretend that I was Cat Weasel. Really? I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't do any Cat Weasley things or anything. <laughs> but I would sort of think myself into the into the sort of body of somebody who'd been sort of thawed out from like King Arthur's time, <laughs> and uh, and suddenly was adrift in the world. You can use a metal detector for stuff like that. <laughs> right, I tell you what, we're into the scene now. I find that this episode, I've written more notes than ever ever before, I think, in this, but I was, again, writing just a lot. I think I've forgotten how to write notes. I could do with, uh, I could do with getting into a bit of practice on this. But anyway, I, this is the depth of my notes in this stage. It's a summer field, probably Cornwall. It's a nice day. And a lovely classic car pulls into the gates of a stately home. And that's the bit where I was like, what am I doing here? I'm not I'm not yeah. writing the like screenplay for it. It's 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 yeah, exactly. It's more like a novel yours, isn't yeah. it? I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I've got. I've got open farmland, open top car, drives into estate, people on horseback. So this is what it should be. I haven't even got to the horseback. That's thing. how you write 
That's how you write notes. It is. It really is. Anyway, well, there's a man and a woman in the car. Let me tell. Let me describe what's going on in that car. There are some suitcases in the back of that car. (coughs) So my first thought was, they're on holiday, and they're visiting. They're holiday. Doesn't look like that, though, does it? That's his house. That's the man's house. And it's it's a big house, isn't it? I mean, huge. It's 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 turreted, and it probably has got a coupler on it, but I don't know what a coupler is. Why did you say that then? Well, because that, when I think of big houses, I think, oh, I wonder if there's a coupler on there. But what do you, where did you get that from? I didn't even know what I didn't even know that word existed. Well, perhaps it's sort of something from sort of medieval times mm. that uh, I remember when I'm being catwalked. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, I think I'm right. Okay, it's a relatively small, most often dome-like, tall structure on top of a building. Oh, so okay. there is a bit, there is a bit of a coupler on there, I think, isn't there? So I, I, I can't remember that. But what uh, what I will say is, um, I made a note. This isn't Norwich, <laughs> but then of course it could be. It's just it this is not be. this is not Norwich cityscape that we're used to in the tales. Um, yeah, anyway. it's not town centre, is it? Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, before or, or that park where all bodies get. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get to the house, though, um, as they drive through the field, we pass a like a riding area, you know, horse riding area, down the the, yeah. the, the long driveway. He wait. The man in the car waves. Oh, by the way, this is Moray, right? And his his character name is what? I forget. Uh, his character name. It's it's strange that you should ask that actually because I've also forgotten. <laughs> However, his carry name is Sir Ian Masterson. There we go. Oh, he's a sir. Oh, this might explain yeah. the big house then. Um, yeah, and his new wife, which is Karen Masterson. And by yeah. the way, it was I've got the screen paused from when I've just watched it on the TV right now. Right. With um, with the name Karen Masterson Cherry Sherry Lungi. And that is the first time that I knew it was Karen and not Carol. Because I, for the first time in ages, have not watched with subtitles. So I didn't know. I honestly thought her name was Carol. I forget where we were going with this other than the fact we're describing her name. Oh, yeah, they're in the car. That's the other other person that's in the car is Karen and Ian Masterson. They've recently got married. Um, So Ian Masterson is an older guy. She's not that old. And uh, his previous wife died so he's found a new a new wife essentially and that's and he's bringing her home now yeah so that's that bit there so the, so they see the, these are people on horseback don't they I'm, yes I'm, i keep introducing these people on horseback and uh, we'll go to those now one he waves that right. he waves the person on horseback rides back uh, wait, sorry the person on horseback waves back and then uh, karen says uh, who's that then? By the way, it's my dogs yeah. that are snoring. I've got two dogs that are both asleep next to me, and they're both snoring. That's oh a... yeah, I can I can hear that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, maybe yeah. the microphone can. I don't know. And he explains, doesn't he, that uh, it was the uh, that this this woman is Linda Linda Larch. Uh, yeah, and that the Larch. The, Linda's a large. Linda, she's like a cockney, ga- a cockney gangster. Worked for the no, I was doing the Monty Python thing. The large. Oh, right. Anyway. And 
Her dad had been head groom in the old days, he, he explained, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. So she's just been on the property since she was a kid, and now her job is something to do with horses. You know, it's this, they kind of pull up in the porchway area. They The, the staff come out to meet, like the, the house lady and like some sort of waiter, butler type guy. And then yeah. when Karen comes out of the car... There's a slight confusion over the handshake, which yeah, I don't yeah. think was scripted. No, well, that guy, is, he's called Williams. And uh, it seems to me that it, this is like it's his first ever role in an Amdram or something <laughs> like that. Because <laughs> he does that with the, with the handshake thing. And then later on, there's a, a little bit where uh, he, he brings up the cases and uh, you can see that he's waiting for his cue sort of thing. And, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I may be doing him down, but that's just how it appears. I agree. I totally agree. But because I just thought there's, there wasn't enough made out of the awkward handshake for it to have yeah. been an actual thing. I think it was definitely. I think it was just they've they've spent money on getting this you know shot of him right arriving at the house and everything was going to plan. The only thing that went a little bit astray was the handshake. Might as well just leave that in. Yeah, and that's what it felt like. That. But it but to describe the handshake, it was like she puts a hand out. And he just goes, oh, shit, I meant to shake her hand. And so they <laughs> goes in all like nervously. It's like he, he's a human. He knows how to shake a hand, but he just forgets that he's meant to. That's what it felt like. Um, anyway, and then, and then when they walk through, so it, she's introduced to the staff, and then they walk into the house, uh, which is a studio and- in anybody's book. <laughs> it's the, the camera changes from film to like a TV camera. It was yeah. really weird. It, it reminded me, um, well, the, the whole sort of way this is done, uh, it reminded me very much of that uh, Inside Number Nine Christmas one. The uh, the, gr- the, the, the Devil of Chris- Christmas. The yeah, Grammys. because the, the, it, it reminded me just of that, really. And uh, because it's so obviously studio isn't it? Yeah. And the... the, 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 the the whole thing I had it in mind throughout. Yeah, because you had this uh, nice exterior shot, and then as they walk in, everything changes. So they must yeah. have just filmed everything out in a weekend, come back. But what's interesting is there's a lot of this stuff that is that seems very, very elaborate for a studio. So I'm thinking that maybe there is some stuff that is part of the house, you know, that whatever they could get away with. Or maybe, yeah. you don't know, they've kind of got back to the stu- to the production officers and then gone, oh, the sound was all wrong there. We need to quickly muck something up. Let's use upstairs, downstairs set from down the, the road there. Yeah, well, well, there is. I There is that. That sort of does happen. I was reading the other day that uh, there's a film called Curse of the Werewolf from the 60s. Yeah. It's got Oliver Reed in it. And uh, that was shot on a set that had been built for an entirely different film that they didn't they didn't go ahead with. And so they said, oh, I know, let's move this werewolf story then that we were going to do. We'll move it from Transylvania and we'll have it in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) So they just used it for that instead. Oh, I love that. That's a really lovely story. I feel like you could probably get away with that. And and even if the audience knew, they'd be like, good on you. That'd be fine. I don't don't think you could get away with that now. You'd be really panned for doing something Anyway, so they explain the bad... Uh, uh, right, so she says, how was the trip? This is the head The head housewoman says... By the way, I recognise her, I just don't know how, from or from what I should say. Um, oh, she's been in, been in lot, lots of things. I, 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 she, I reckon that she was an evil person in something before. 
Yeah, she she's called Hillary Mason, and uh, she was she was an evil person in something. Some she was uh, in uh, in Don't Look Now, the Nick Rogue film. She played the blind psychic. There we go. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yes, Don't Look Now. She also was, by the way, in and this this was a sort of odd coincidence for me because she appeared in the pilot episode of Minder, which was called Gunfight at the OK Laundrette. Now, for some reason, when I woke up this morning, I was thinking about another episode of Minder, which was called High Drains Pilferer. And I was thinking, what a poor sort of attempt at a sort of uh, taking a movie start part that yeah. was. Yeah, so did they do that with all of their titles? Did they? Well, I, I don't know, because this High Drains Pilferer was the only one I remembered, but then... I sort of bumped into the OK Laundrette there and I thought, oh, I might have to have a look at that. But as 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 I was making my uh, breakfast, I was doing the thing from um, Little Britain where he says, write the theme tune. Uh, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, of course, the Minder theme tune is the greatest of the theme tunes. And we re- pre-recorded a theme tune quiz special, didn't we? Do you remember? We did. Yeah, um, we did, yeah. So when, season, when this season finishes... Uh, we should do a special because we 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 like our specials. But I we might do. I might in that mid season break just release that that episode. It, we uh, uh, we got drunk, so <laughs> let's hope it turned out all right. But there was definitely a quiz element to it, and of course, I remember fondly talking about the issue, the um, looking issues, the front covers to looking issues and stuff like that. So, which this would have been part of. Anyway, so right, go back to the story. Then we're in this house, and then the head housewoman says to her, "Did you have a nice trip, or a safe trip, or whatever?" Then now, the man says, "Lovely journey." She says, "Terrible journey." And then the woman ignores both of them and said, oh, well, at least you're home safe. The reason I point that out is because Karen has this thought throughout that something or people are conspiring against her, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, I have jumped ahead a little bit, but we'll, we'll come to all of that. And I'm wondering whether this is part of where that first started uh, with the, oh, I've just been speaking to that woman and she basically didn't listen to her. Isn't it then that we go to the fourth poster bedroom? Yeah, so they must go upstairs. And then right. he says he's got to nip off out somewhere. Uh, yeah. But don't worry, your suitcases are all be up in a second. Then he says to her, no, th- then she says to him, well, look, I'm not going to just sit around doing nothing. He goes, oh, of course not. I wouldn't want you to. And she says, good. And I thought that was the point where I think she might have been fishing for, oh, no, you, you can sit down if you want. Don't do anything if you want. And it reminded me of that kind of paying the bills dance. I'll take care <laughs> of it. No, you, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, that's fine. You know, at what point do you say, oh, don't worry, I'll not sit. Like the, that conversation could have gone, I'll not sit around doing nothing. And he says, of course not, I won't want you to. And she was like, what do you mean? I've only just got here. Yeah, well, sim- similar thing happened to me the other day in that... Uh, uh, I uh, I offered to Hoover the uh, the downstairs because we've got a lightweight Hoover and I can sometimes I can do the downstairs. I like that. And uh, she said, and uh, Elle sort of paused, and I sensed my chance. And I said, <laughs> it's all right, it's all right. You know, I don't need to if you don't want to. She's no, I'm just thinking you could do middle floor as well. I thought. All right. <laughs> 
she's only just got there and she's saying this to probably just be kind and actually he's just backed it all up and she was like and she goes good and I was like what does she mean <laughs> he is one of those guys though isn't he who sort of like always talks over her and really sort of treats her as just an appendage or something like that doesn't, yeah doesn't that's he? right uh, it, you know if she does want to do anything or expresses an interest in anything he'll say oh never mind about that I'm going to the stables and <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. Oh no, it's you go to the stables. It's that sort of thing. It's it's not really a sort of match I'd like to be involved in. I, I wouldn't like to be with Mister Matheson. So yeah, so he goes off, off. He goes off out, and then the housekeeper come and walks in, and um, well, and this is where she announces that Williams is here with the cases, uh, and then invites Williams in. Who's, uh, yeah, bungles his way across the room, pops the... We, <laughs> the the camera does a good job of tracking the suitcases, but for no apparent reason. Uh, and then as and then there's the woman, she's the housewoman, she says, I'll, uh, I'll unpack your stuff. I thought, I thought uh, Karen seemed a bit uh, reluctant for Mrs... Um, um, met this woman. This yes, woman. Uh, I agree. I'll start that one again. I thought that <laughs> Karen seemed a bit reluctant for Mrs. Pardo to be unpacking for her. Oh, it's name Pardo. Wondering, yeah, yeah. Right. And I was wondering what what might be in there, you know, like like in um, the in the film Top Secret with Val Kilmer, he's, they've got the anal intruder, haven't they? and it's sort of like a forearm with a big fist on it. And I'm thinking, is that going to be in there? I but, uh, I, I didn't see it. No, I absolutely agree. I. I would be just a little bit kind of like, hang on, I'm not into this anyway. But uh, i that's the impression that I also got from Karen as well, that she was like, I don't want this to happen. But it never, she never followed it up with anything else. No. I mean, maybe uh, they'd bought a uh, novelty uh, bottle opener from uh, <laughs> Spain. <laughs> In the shape of a penis or penis. something. Yeah. And she's thinking, oh, should I bought that? I don't know why anybody would do that, though. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, neither. <laughs> it's still in the camping box, don't worry, Rob. Um, now then, she's... Uh, the next bit of the conversation, it doesn't go on for long, but the housewife... No, let's start again. Mrs. Pardo, I'm going to call her that. Yeah, she, that's best. Right. She is... She is a bit bothered she's put out that they got married quickly in new york and the reason she's put out is because actually she would have preferred the wedding to have happened over here in probably in the house um but also we understand now this is the first time she's also met this karen woman so he's been over in new york met this woman got married brought her back over they're a bit like miffed about this and i don't know why but i imagine no I know why somebody would be concerned, but I don't know why anybody would be put out by it. It's like, it's up no, to him what he does. Can't, she couldn't really think that he'd like need to get her permission or anything like that. I'll just, Correct. I'll just run this by the housekeeper. <laughs> we'll see what she thinks and where she thinks it ought to be. Well, that, that, that's all that really happens in that bit. Uh, and then later on in the evening, this, the, do you know what? We do chop around the cuts a bit in this but this is what I mean is that we're given a lot of dialogue and things happening but not actually of any of the bits that are happening so um, <laughs> anyway but late, later on that night then uh, there's an evening meal and they've brought guests from the 80s uh, with them <laughs> um, 
Well, one of whom's Linda Larch, isn't it? Linda, Larch, it's actually Linda, and she, that's the most Linda-looking woman I've ever seen. She's from the eighties, <laughs> and uh, she's Linda, and she's married to a Duncan fella, Duncan the dentist. Yeah, who is also a very uh, debonair-looking character as well. He is, in fact, a dentist, but we don't see any of the dental practice. <laughs> we don't. We don't. It could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah. It could be. It could be like one of those, like they have in cowboy films, where uh, they have like a trestle and they they work the trestle and then they drill with, with the other hand. It, it could. <laughs> that and, uh, might be Duncan's setup, which explains why <laughs> they're having to, having to live in the in the little house on the uh, on the prairie in the grounds. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, talking about uh, cowboys, well, not really them. But talking about that sort of thing is horses, really. Um, well, yeah, yeah. So they're convincing, so that uh, Karen doesn't get bored or out while she's there. I mean, while she's living in a in her new house, uh, she should take up an hobby like uh, horse riding. Yeah, not that Duncan's keen on him. He, he doesn't like him. He doesn't like him, and they're really pushing this horse th- as if it's like it's some sort of gateway drug. Um, yeah. You know, once you start with the small horses, you'll be on to stallions, and and then it'll be cows next. <laughs> it's probably this hatred of horses that's made Duncan's um, practice so poor. Because if he had a horse, then he could get in the cart, a bit like in Django Unchained, yeah, where uh, they have the big tooth <laughs> on the top. He could move move from village to village with his trestle and, and do drilling. But he, he doesn't like horses, and therefore he has to push it in a cart. Therefore, a lot of his time is taking up travel. So he's, he's the author of his own misfortunes. He needs to get over this fear of horses. That's the problem with Duncan. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, I think, do you know what? Here it is. Okay, now, going into, I guess, the psychology of the tales, is that right. maybe the reason why he doesn't like the horses is because of the damage that it's done to his relationship. We uh. hear later on, they don't really have a great coupleship, partnership. What is it? Relationship. <laughs> Relationship. <laughs> um, that doesn't come out now, but at the moment they're just being an 80s couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, because we, we've had this sort of thing before where a couple come round, haven't we, and they're uh, having drinks and... Uh, what have we seen that in? Oh, I can't remember which, which one it is, but probably many of them, actually. Yeah, but, I think it's a few. Uh, I think it's a few. Yeah. It, it, there yeah. was, in the Tales of Unexpected, it might be just because of the era, but it always reminds me of um, uh, Abigail's Party. You know, yeah, yeah. That, that sort of um, how people would have spoken in the 1980s. It's a very different yeah. way of speaking to now. Their, their concerns yeah. were very different. Yeah, well... When, when in, in the 80s, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend, uh, her parents were sort of involved with the conservative, uh, local conservative party, and they were always having cheese and wine parties, like, yeah. where people like this would come, and they'd all sort of sit talking and things like that. Uh, I, I didn't like it very much. My mum once hosted, or probably uh, allowed, a uh, Tupperware party to take place in our house. Um, right. And then I also remember being at somebody's like pottery party. So for me, that sums up the 1980s, is yeah. uh, gatherings of nonsense, really. Um, <laughs> that's what it felt like. 
That's 1980s Britain for you, isn't it? It, it's, it really is. The, the second sort of bit of a bad behaviour from uh, Herbert Masterson to uh, Herbert? Sherry. Herbert? I, I couldn't remember his first name. Ian. Ian, right. But there's the second bit of it where uh, he says, Darling, are you going to pour our guests some coffee? He didn't sort of get off his arse and pour him some coffee himself. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if you or I were to, with our respective spouses, <laughs> sit there and say, pour our guests some coffee? <laughs> but we, I, I, I think they'd not be keen. <laughs> I think they'd probably throw the coffee at us. We don't um, see her do it. So we missed the argument that obviously ensued afterwards is yeah. pour the bloody thing yourself. Um, <laughs> it's the next day. Here we go. Right. There, she's walking around in the garden and there's a bloke up a tree. <laughs> well, of course. What else would you expect? There was nothing he's, he's, weird he's, he's... <laughs> about a bloke in a tree. He's, he's right. He's quite casually up the tree as well, isn't he? You know, you know what I mean? We, it's right. So... For if you've not seen this, you you would almost be forgiven to think that he's waiting for her, right up the yeah. tree. However, have to be. But th- has he been just stood in the tree? <laughs> yeah, because there is no he gets there is nothing else that is happening up that tree other than waiting, waiting for that lady to come, and just be up a tree. That's his thing there. Well, for a while afterwards now, most of my sentences begin with weirdly or weird or that was weird yeah. or in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got acting oddly, very intense and starey. Yeah. He's younger. Um, he's By the way, he's the son of Ian and therefore uh, Karen's stepson now. Yeah. Um, he, he, and, and, but he explains that... Um, because his, his mum's obviously dead, right? Yeah. And he's explaining that uh, you're younger and prettier than I would imagine. So I thought this could have gone a couple of ways from there. Oh, yeah, it could have, could have gone. Yeah. And then there's another cut. They walk off together and presumably have a chat about something. Now, yeah. now we are talking about Paul, that's his name, in the house. Well, she's talking to... I've got them talking to uh, Ian in the house. Yes, that's right. I've yes, you're right. I, she's talking about Paul about his university. Is that it? Yeah. So yeah. right. So she goes um, back to the house later. Now that she's talking yeah. to, right. There we go. Right. Back on the same page then. And uh, and Ian says that Paul seems amazingly sensible. Uh, Stands around <laughs> trees. <laughs> Talk, talking, looking off into the distance and making such cracks as. This will be a home for battered wives in ten years, run by the county council. Which, as you say, is a typical sort of eighties sort of thought, isn't it? But, but Ian thinks that he's he's amazingly sensible uh, uh, as compared to some. This, this is where she's saying that she feels she's not welcome there, and it's ah, somehow, she's bothered about the place. Yes. Yeah, she feels that the place doesn't like her, and she said she says she'd like to help on the farm, but he keeps over talking her, and uh, again, just sort of. Treating her as sort of subservient as a subservient person, doesn't he? Yeah, he he suggests keep, keeping your mind off of it all by um, going out on a horse riding thing with with Linda. Yeah, I I wrote there at this point that she's interrupted by him almost as he, he's not paid attention to the last thing she said, 
and then com- yes. comes in with next thing. So this is what you've been saying along, but we then cut to that horse riding lesson. Yeah, we see we go to the stable area, which immediately made me think of uh, Joni in the uh, stables. Yeah, in, uh, in neck. In that. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it wasn't quite as. It wasn't as exciting. There was almost the sound of a horse clip there from your end. Right. I I'll tell what you what it is, and you're absolutely right, and, and it's incredibly uh, well-timed, because uh, in the background of my house, I have a dog licking out a bowl. Right. The, there's, <laughs> they've got the water bowl, and it's just... Right. Well, no, they've got, we've put like a milk bowl down, and they've just finished off the milk, right? Because so, that was that right. rattling round the floor. Actually, oh, right. actually, in the Tales of the Unexpected, at this point... The, the, they've forgotten that horse hooves on cobblestones make noise. So they, we can't hear everything that they say whilst Linda and uh, Karen are having this chat because the, uh, the, I, I couldn't have illustrated that any better than what's going on there. Uh, now, she walks off. They both, work, they both walk off from that scene and then she weirdly faints. Yes, yeah, she does. Uh, she, she sort of stumbles and says that she's feeling faint. Now, at this point, I'm thinking, tells us the unexpected, this, this has got to mean something, and I'm thinking poison. Poison's a sort of favourite thing, perhaps for more Agatha Christie-type things, but uh, that's what came into my mind. It's there. definitely a, a lady's uh, weapon as well. The Christie used to write, if, if a woman had to do some murdering... 80% of yeah. the time it would be a poison. But you're right, I think that, that was, might have crossed my mind, is that like, ooh, or drugged or, you know, something, yeah. something not necessarily poison. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, then another cut, she's in bed, and she's talking about the, 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 she's talking about Linda to the housekeeper now. So she's getting her yeah. situation. Yeah. Do you notice um, that uh, Mrs. Pardew, while she's talking to her about Linda, weirdly shuffles the pillow yeah well that that's only the start of the weirdness because towards the end of this scene she actually gets on the bed with her doesn't she and puts her arm her around face. her and strokes her face it's, it's awful i thought surely it's not going to go that way now that would have been unexpected <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we're only at 12 minutes in so that would have been <laughs> yeah. just out of time as well uh well now what we gather from this particular thing is that linda I don't know if this is based on fact or opinion, but Pardew says she doesn't. Linda doesn't like her husband. Yeah, is um, caught. She, uh, Mrs. Pardew, has caught her crying or red-eyed. Yeah. She says. Red-eyed. Yeah. So they're obviously don't. And this is what I meant earlier from earlier. Their relationship isn't so good. No, um, and he's a, he's a bit of a drinker in the team. That's right. He drinks. Well, now then. This is the part where she goes to sleep, and I said, "Oh yeah, I wrote there. There's, you know, nothing, uh, nothing much happens here apart from a weird face stroke, which you, which you, you already said." Yeah. So the next the, that bit was the, the break. Day, that's I'm... where the break is, by the way. Uh, just at that yeah, point there. I, it, I'm not surprised. Uh, it <laughs> would be an appropriate place, and it's about halfway through the episode, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, the next morning, Karen's driving in a, an open top thing. Does it look like a TR7? Do, do, do I didn't. You... I didn't get that, but uh, I, d- I think it was different to the one that they arrived in the house in. That's all I yeah, noted. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's, a li- it's a little one with the pop-up windows and yeah. mirrors. 
I think, oh, for lights. <laughs> and so I <laughs> pop, pop up windows. There's nothing clever about that. <laughs> Times that I say windows instead of mirrors and mirrors instead of windows is just, and it always happens in the car. I, I tell you what I struggle with. I oh. always get, I never know what to call the front window. You know the one? Right. Because a lot of people call that. You know what they call it? A windshield. Oh, oh, that sounds a bit American to me. I think it might be. But you know what? One of its... It certainly does do that job. But I wouldn't say that's its primary job, to stop wind getting in the car. (laughs) I think it's like to protect, you know, from like flies and shit. It's not going to stop... The wind is probably like a, a second element to that. Yeah, I think it, its main sort of um, ability is that you should be able to see through it rather than it should protect you from wind, isn't it? That, that, that's its, its main requirement, I think. I uh, wanted somebody to call it a window screen, which, which I think is, is quite cute, actually. And I, I sometimes think of that in, of it as that in my mind. Well, you know what it is? It's a window, isn't it? It's the front window. Yeah. I don't know what Absolutely. I don't know what you meant to call it. I don't know what you meant to front window. But I think w- windscreen. I think is the is the preferred type. Windscreen. Okay. Window well, screen is a lot cuter. What's a cat fountain? I don't know what is a cat fountain. Right. I sh- I'll tell you what I found. Now uh, I told you about joining Facebook, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Um, yeah, yeah. I looked into one of these groups on uh, on the Facebook where you uh, it tells you about. Local people want to know local things, right? Like recommendations and stuff. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Here's the question that was asked. Anyone purchase one of them cat fountains? <laughs> Is it worth it except for poshness? <laughs> and I'm just going to read that to you again. Anyone purchase one of them cat fountains? Is it worth it except for poshness? There's a few bits that I absolutely love about this. One, I went out and researched what a cat fountain was. And yeah, it's, what it's is like, it? Well, it's like, um, it must be that pets enjoy, I've never tried this, but the running water to lap at. Oh, right. So it's like, yeah, a, it's, yeah. it's like a flowing bit of water that keeps recycling yeah. and then you just put, plumb it in so it you know, keeps filling up. So that's what a cat right. fountain is. But it's the way that anyone... Uh, anyone purchased one of them i love it i love it and then is it worth it well i would suggest if based on the information i've just told you that pets enjoy this that's you worth it they obviously think it is worth it but in their head at the moment it's just for poshness um so does it have any other use except for poshness that is my favorite thing i've ever seen on this there's been a few actually uh that i've enjoyed it, here's one um anyone lost a bloke just seen him chilling in the middle of a park pond whilst i was walking the dog it's just the middle of a pond look there's i think you're asking the wrong question there and then there's <laughs> and then there's this one here has anyone lost a hedgehog just caught it stealing my drink <laughs> How it got in the house, God knows. <laughs> right? Well, I, I really enjoy this sort of stuff, and, I, and now I'm on Facebook, you can just do it a lot more. I've got a mental picture there with the hedgehog, right, of quite a biggish hedgehog. It's stood on its hind legs. It's got one of those, like, Lone Ranger-type uh, eye masks on over its eyes. 
and it's got a, a pint of lager under one arm, and it's looking furtively towards the door as it as it makes its way out the kitchen. That that was the picture I got. And of course, the, hedgehogs are re- would be really good at sneaking because that's how they walk anyway, isn't it? They, I mean, they might just be like just just generally walking. Well, in the eighties, what they'd have been best at actually would have been stealing um, pickled onions and cheese because we could <laughs> put it on their back. <laughs> From a party. Exactly. Exactly. Nobody would have noticed. Where's um, that gone, they'd say? Is it, by the way, just before we move on, uh, and I picked up another thing. Um, it was just, it was buried based on some, what somebody said and how they said it. Uh, they're talking about the time that they went to a particular place. It was two years ago. And then they say, it feels more recent, but also so much longer ago. Now it's just a cobbled together sentence. That it just—it feels more recent, but also so much longer ago. Of so what? what, what of... In the middle. <laughs> it feels like it when it was. <laughs> uh, so what's happened is she's driving this car, and then yep. she's driving at a little bit of speed. She's probably not breaking speed limit, but it's one of them country roads in. In Tiverton, in Devon. Yeah, all windy and that, isn't it? Um, and she pulls a weird face, weirdly, as she uh, avoids a man who's driving a horse. A driving and horse. Cart. And oh, a driving horse and cart. Who's doing a weird face, by the way. We'll come back yeah, to that weird he... face in a minute. Right. And, it, and then she crashes. She skids off and crashes. Yeah, and he, and he sort of carts off, doesn't he? He, he looks around, he knows the situation, and he just carries on going. Yeah. Right. Then there's a bit of time passes before we, we rejoin her. Yeah, at which point Duncan's arrived with his handcart, hasn't he? Yeah. With his, and it, with, it, his, with his drill and his trestle on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's now, what happened when she crashed was she bonked her head, so she's out, she's been unconscious... It turns out she's been unconscious for 30 minutes-ish, which yeah. it, that sounds a bit odd to the, when she's re, reciting this to Duncan because 30 minutes and nobody's said anything. Nobody's like passed yeah. and said out. That seems a bit weird. But we, again, it's like what I was saying earlier. There is no basis for that thought because we never saw anybody pass or otherwise. No. Well, do you notice as well that when Duncan's getting out of the car, He's got her. He's got her under both arms, I and then he's sort of holding on. Like, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, are we going to be in here for another hijack tit grab? I, mean, I, I think wondering. so, because uh, he he really doesn't want to let go of her, does he? Duncan? Yeah, he doesn't actually do the full reach around. Okay. No. <laughs> However, he is getting as much of Sherry as he can. <laughs> she's as she's telling the story. So how did this happen? Now, she's. You know, 30 minutes have passed, seems a bit weird. Nobody, nobody knows you were here, except for, for sure, the guy who she avoided. And when yeah. she's explaining this, she says he was laughing. And I, I was really pleased with myself because the weird face that I was meant to have seen, I saw, uh, which yeah, I, 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 I quite liked. Grinning. I would have thought grinning more than laughing. Yeah, but she, yeah, he was definitely grinning. She says laughing, doesn't she? Yeah. But, you know, like, you think there's a lot more involved in laughing, don't you? I mean, that might be a, a reason for why he's not stopped, because, like, say if, if he was, like, pissing himself up there at something that he was remembering, then you can sort of go, oh, that's what's happened there. But, no, it's just a sort of... It's one of those weird sort of, like, again, from, like, a bit of the 60s sort of thing. 
you would get a couple who would move into a uh, a village uh, and they'd get like a, a posh house there uh, but there'd be some sort of weird locals hanging around wouldn't there would be sort of moving at and looking at them and stuff like that and she'd go down to the shop and they'd say well you're from the new house are you? <laughs> and that sort of thing it's 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 that sort of behavior isn't it more than anything i think well there is a you've just reminded me there is an episode of jonathan creek called the grinning man right and um this episode was very jonathan creaky actually in in a particular way except without the uh, kind of logic of it all um which we'll obviously we'll we'll try and investigate yeah but yeah Yeah. it, it did feel like there was a mystery to solve um Right. She's um, then taken back to the place by Duncan, uh, and she's t- she's taken to bed. I guess, right? Is that right? Well, Ian's been his usual sort of supportive self, saying things like "You're being silly, darling," and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, there's nothing wrong with her, and things like that. That's right, and and she she I think she wants to get like some sort of she wants to chat with somebody, uh, not not the current. She, she's not happy with the current diagnosis. That yeah, was, that's right. Because they've had the family doctor out. Who's who's is often often referred to in these sort of things, isn't it? Like yeah. as though it's somebody that they've had on retainer for years and years. It, but I mean, National Health Service have been since nineteen forty-seven <laughs> or something. So I don't know what what that, what that really refers to. As, as it happens, it is it's it's that same sort of thing here. Is he's called Old Phelps, <laughs> which must have been terrible when he was young, wasn't it? And then he describes him as being his a first-rate doctor. You, we never meet him, but no. I can promise you the uh, how you've described him so far is exactly what I was thinking. He's just a doddery old idiot. He's got a yeah. bunch of prescriptions that he never managed to flog from when he completed <laughs> his training. Uh, it's that sort of guy. And, um, yeah, she, she's questioning stuff. She's, she's saying... She, this is the first time she says, somebody wishes me ill, and um, then she wants to know how Hillary died. Right, just go back to that, uh, someone wishes me ill. Yeah. It's because we're only given dialogue that makes this a little bit fl- flimsy, because we, we don't know this. There's, no, there's nothing for us to base that on. We're not, we're not given any of the feelings that she gets. If this was a movie that had another hour dedicated to it, we could yeah. have her probably walking through house, hearing the noises, you know, feeling the presence. There's none of that. Yeah. She just says it, and it doesn't yeah. mean anything. But in fact, all that's happened is she's met a strange guy up a tree, and she's narrowly missed a cart driver. Yeah, both are weird. Yeah, but not that, that weird. Mrs. Pardo's made a sort of half opacitor. Uh, <laughs> So, but yeah, there's, but there's nothing to come to that conclusion, really. And and he he uh, obviously feels the same because he says to her, "Not that again." So, <laughs> <laughs> May, there, do you know what? I wonder if this is more cleverer than I'm thinking it is. Because if we're not given the basis for her feeling these things, then we too, as the viewer, could think, "Yeah, she's just making it up. She's just being a silly sod." Oh, yeah. But yeah. we're to- we're meant to be on her side. I believe that we're meant to be on her side. Yeah, and, yeah, and so that doesn't make sense. Anyway, so she asks about how Hillary died, which is his first wife, and uh, I think Paul's uh, mum. Is that right? Paul's mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she died in a car crash. Oh, she says, "Oh, I had a car crash too." And again, it's like, well, so did I, but I'm not going to blame it on 
that house. I, I've been in three car crashes before, and not one of them had anything to do with this house. Houses. No, no, I've never been in a house-related crash. <laughs> she says, the place doesn't like me. The place. Again, it's based on nothing. So far, all we've seen is rooms. We've not seen any atmosphere whatsoever. So it's, it's based on nothing. Yeah. This is the part where she just she keeps on at it that she's blaming a presence or something in the house. The house itself, it's something we we just know what it is. Uh, and she decides to go to Linda for help now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hasn't hasn't the hasn't Paul arrived again, looking creepy and smug, and acting in a in a, a suspicious manner as possible? I and d- then I don't remember that bit. Oh well, I didn't write cause, it down because I've got because then I've got. Linda is explaining to Karen that Paul is odd and says that he has an interest in black magic and spell books. This is when they're in the kind of like... <clears throat> she, she says to Linda, right, because they're not in the library at the moment. Yeah. Right, she says, oh, he's got all of these books and stuff on black magic, right? And then yeah. the woman says, oh, now everything makes sense. They go to kind of like some sort of library area and yeah. they're looking through the books. It's like a massive library. How long would it take you to look through every book in that library? It would take forever. 47 but, days. But, <laughs> empirical testing shows <laughs> it would take 47 days. But, but uh, this is, she says, oh, no, I can only find stuff about 16th century witchcraft, but that's history. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah it, nothing happened last week. Um, <laughs> Then whilst they're doing this, by the way, she also asks Linda her opinions of Hillary. And she describes yeah. her as being bossy and beautiful. And then she goes, <gasps> kind of like a weird turnover to almost camera and says, I, I, once she said that she couldn't bear to be away from the place. <laughs> yeah. And it's again, it's one of those moments where Karen goes, that explains everything. It explains nothing. It, it doesn't even give us anything to wonder. It's like, yeah, okay, so are you saying that... Right, you've got this big old house in Countryside and you've been interviewed by Hello Magazine or whatever and they say, uh, could we interest you in living somewhere else? Her quote being, I couldn't bear to be anywhere else. And that's been taken completely out of context by Linda and made it into some sort of ghost uh, what rhetoric? What would have made it creepy is when she asked, "What did the previous wife look like?" If she'd have said, "Well, strange, really. She looked a lot like a man. She used to drive a cart a lot around the <laughs> around the village, and she was always grinning." Now that would have been that would have been <laughs> a spooky occurrence. <laughs> oh, now Hillary. Ah, uh, yeah, y- young boy. Uh, it intrigues a lot. That was, that, that was uh, Hillary. Um, I like the I like the man on the cart story better. Because that again, uh, give us something to go with. Because this is like it felt like they were trying to give us a mystery to understand, but we were just taking their word for it. Uh, yeah. There was nothing. There was, yeah. I I understood nothing. Um, anyway, uh, so Paul and the dad argue which she sees this through like a crack in the door sort of thing doesn't she yeah yeah she's they argue um, and uh, and son says that uh, he's told him before that uh, he should have married linda large 
Yeah. He says this to his dad, doesn't he? That he's, I think Son's saying he's not really very keen on Karen, isn't he? And that she's a mouse and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, that uh, he should have married Linda. Well, obviously, Carol is... No, sorry. Uh, Karen. Karen. Sorry, this is another point where I put Carol, because I thought, you know, <laughs> Carol, no, Karen, runs off. And understandably, she's upset. But because of the fact that she's heard Paul mention this, what we're, again, I'm only surmising here because we're given no proof of it. She's thinking, right, he practice, practices witchcraft. He wishes that it, uh, Linda was a wife and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So... Yeah. I, bet he's, I bet he's responsible for it. So what I'm going to so do... So she runs off back to a bedroom, doesn't she, at this yeah, point? Yeah, she runs off back to the bedroom and she sees a book on the bed. And I wonder if at this point the uh, the people who are making this are thinking what you've been saying. We've not actually put anything in here to flesh this out to give any reasons <laughs> why, why anything creepy should be happening. What can we do? Let's put that book on bed. We'll put a book on bed. Because <laughs> why, how has that happened? As as Paul been like reading up on spells and underlining them, it's got to be said, <laughs> yeah, whilst lying on his on his dad's bed, it, so, it seems unlikely. Yeah, so this is good because um, yeah, she opens the book at the right page. Um, yeah. There's no, there's no, there's not much before she actually gets to the spell, which is about death and underlined in red pen. Um, yeah, it's. She reads it out. I didn't bother writing it down. It was about I can death. tell you. I can tell you what it is. Let's it's go. Prince of, Prince of Darkness, I make thee a sign. Now let my enemy peek and pine. May he be felled with teak and woe. Death is the... In the morning shall he know. Death in the morning shall he know. So that's where the title comes from, you see. Death in the morning. Ah, and I missed that because I didn't know what the episode was called at that point. But it sounds very... I, it doesn't sounds, sound like a spell already, does it? No, it doesn't. It sounds like something they just had to run up quick to try and give some explanation <laughs> as to what's happening. What is, I'm not sure so, so about as I, didn't write, I didn't write it down. So what, does, what do you think that means based on what we know already? That there, um, well, that it's some sort of it's a wish or a spell for a sort of wasting disease to be put on the person who is the uh, the person you don't like. That that's what I sort of feel it is that she's found, and she because she's previously said when she's been talking to Linda that she feels it really hard to sort of motivate herself and to get about, and that she's felt like that ever since that time in the stables. So I think she sees this. And uh, thinks, aha, this is it. Then there's a there's a wasting spell being put on me, right? And as okay. I say, that the fact that he's underlined it in red uh, does Makes help. It true. I think. <laughs> oh. Oh, calm down. I just had a dog bark in there. Um, right. Okay, right. So um, yeah, so she's. Uh, oh, what have I written down here? Well, the next she thing she that... runs over to Linda's. To I guess she's yeah. she's going to Linda to qualify this uh she for is the, the reason why this whole witchcraft black magic story came about in the first place and now she's got some sort of proof of this from a history the, the, book that 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 seems that paul's behind it doesn't it i suppose so perhaps she's coming over to talk to linda about it i think so that's certainly what i get but she, but when she gets there she finds out that um linda isn't there and uh she finds it out because duncan is there and he's acting all weird and drunk yeah, <laughs> drunken Duncan, I put actually. 
<laughs> drunken drunken the dentist <laughs> it's a triple threat <laughs> yeah he says she's out calls her a stupid bitch and she doesn't tell him where she's going and he says perhaps she's up with the up out with the lord and master karen's keen to escape but duncan comes and this is the second time somebody's sort of made a, a well third time actually yeah somebody's sort of had no well anyway first time with Mrs. <laughs> first time with Mrs. Hepro, the uh, the uh, old lady house gardener. Wait, what's the name? Hepro. I'm becoming a Pardew because of you. But, yeah, it is Pardew. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't know why all of a sudden I'm bothered about names. I don't. I don't believe I've ever got a single episode where I've said the actual person's name correct throughout. Go on. No, I, I use names interchangeably. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then second, so that that was a bit unpleasant with the face stroking and all that. And then she's been manhandled by Duncan out of the car and had to to nearly face the tit grab. And now he's he's coming at her again. So she's having a bit of a hard twenty minutes of it. This woman, isn't she? Yeah, and and he's he's pissed off with Linda. Let's yeah. let's so right. Is she's out? And he's angry at her being out. I, they don't particularly like each other anyway, but he then, he, it looks like he wants to almost, I don't want to, because he's been all lechery, isn't he? Yeah, so oh he, yeah, yeah. He looks like he's, I don't think, I don't know if he's a going to sexually assault her, but it doesn't look good, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't feel good, does it? But it looks that way. Because I think he does sort of say, he makes some sort of a... Uh, uh, pass at her and says some just like oh come on then what what am I supposed to do or something like that he's he's definitely drunk and, yeah. and trying to you know try, he's trying to capitalise on the growth that he's already had I think that's what's happening here. that's right yeah so she well is this this is the point where she I can't remember how she gets out of this situation but she, she well does. She, she runs out the door and he shouts after her oh, and then right. the next the next the next shot she's uh, in the in the study. Before she leaves, this is what winds Duncan up. Or one of the things that winds him up. She explains that Linda is one of her only friends here in this uh, part of the world. Well, yeah. she, hadn't got, she hadn't seen many other people. Day, Duncan, though, reckons that she hates her. Yeah, and always has. And yeah, she doesn't like you. So she, so. she, so she off she runs. Uh, back to find more books. <laughs> I yeah. wrote in the notes here. Uh, that's what she does. She's now reading some history. So, well, so, somebody's somebody's been pulled in ancient history for witchcrafting, and what has happened is the uh, the person who's had the spell cast on her has managed to get the spell to rebound on the caster by writing that person's name down and putting it in a drawer. Now, right. It did. It did make me think this that witchcraft must be quite a dangerous thing to go into. Because <laughs> if, if it's that easy for spells to be rebounded back at you, then all, you know, anybody thinks, oh, well, that, I know witches in this village. I'll put her name on there. I'll be sorted there. I, I was thinking, do you actually have to write it down, right? Because if not, in this day and age, if you were in the situation like she is, or at least at that day and age, then you could just get the phone book put it in the drawer, <laughs> and you're bound to be right. But you'd be in that phone book as well, so would it do any rebounding whatsoever? 
What, would it rebound twice? No, it's only going to rebound back at the woman who's cast it, isn't it, you see? The re-rebound. Oh, well, she'd have to get... she. That other person would have to get phone book and put it back in a drawer. Maybe witches always keep the phone book in a drawer just in case anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so That's explain it. this. Just explain this bit then. So what's the, just explain the the spell that's happened. Well, what what's happened in the past? In the past, cast, somebody's cast a spell on somebody, and the person who has been victim of the spell has written the name of the spellcaster on a piece of paper and put it in a drawer and the effect of that is to have the spell rebound on the person who cast it in the first place right that's what that's what it says here she gets the idea that oh okay somebody has put a spell on me or if yeah. they have all i need to do is put who yeah. i suspect put that spell on me into put their, the drawer put now, their name yes on a piece of paper in a drawer we never, yeah, so at this point, we never actually realise or we never see which name she has written. No, no we don't. We see her going up the stairs to a, to this, like, abandoned sort of looking room. Now, she doesn't stop going upstairs for some time. This must be like a tower. Do you know It's probably that? a couple of, it's probably a couple of. <laughs> <laughs> she fol- she, she's got the, she's already pre-written the note, hasn't she? Yeah, and folded well, and she sort of folded it once. She she gets up there, folds it again, and then puts it in this manky old chest of drawers. Now, I'm not sure why it, 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 it doesn't say in the spell, go up many steps and put it in the manky chest of drawers. You know, to to get rid of it. It doesn't say go up to the highest drawer in the house, or in any house. She could just put it in bedside cabinet. That's what I'd have done. It wouldn't have had the same dramatic effect, I suppose. Correct, because this room looked a bit spooky and it was yeah. accompanied by wobbly violin and then oh. plinky plonky spooky room music. Oh, it was, and it, it actually, by the time it ended, it was squeaky. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. It, was, it went violin, xylophone, squeak. That's, <laughs> that's, I mean, obviously. So, obviously um, something. Something uh, has happened here that's of import. We must deduce. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she, you're right. You've already said this. She, but she's put the letter into the drawer and then takes it back out. Does another fold. I, I wonder <laughs> if that was a moment where we're thinking, oh, she's not going to go through with it. She, you know, oh, she's taking yeah. it back out. But no, that's not the case. Another fold happens. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, it's the next day. We're given the fact that it's the next day. By uh, it being happy string, happy string music, <laughs> and then it's followed by some more wobbly music. So it's probably going to get a bit spooky again. Yeah, and Ian comes in, and uh, he's all sort of uh, a, a bit of a bit of a dither, and uh, he <laughs> says uh, <laughs> he's surprised that she doesn't know, but Linda's fallen off her horse and and died. Yeah, so she's she's fallen off this horse. Injuries are so bad that on the way to the hospital, dead. Yeah, and he, and he says he can't understand it because she's she's a brilliant horsewoman. And there we go. I'm sure there's a different name for that profession, not horsewoman. Oh, uh, horse rider, horse rider. Yeah. Done but the, you know the man who was riding the cart. They described yeah. him as driving the cart, which which threw yeah. me a bit as well. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you do because there's a. 
There's a wheels on it, aren't there? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so there he goes with this bizarre, uh, brilliant horsewoman statement. Um, but and Karen, Karen's behaving as though she's had some sort of personality transplant at this point, isn't it? Because she's That's gone right. from scurrying away when she hears bad things being said about her to actually sitting there looking just cool and blasé about stuff, isn't she? Yeah, it's like she's not really phased by this news no, whatsoever. no, no. Uh, and, and and I guess Ian must have exited the room at this point. Um, Paul comes in, sort of like, you know, they talk about the fact, oh, what a shocker that was. You know, that's it's not very nice news at all. Then Paul also has this personality transplant because he's now no yeah. longer creepy. He's just yeah, a normal I, kid. I've, I've written this in my margin because I noticed it this morning. Paul is now behaving normally. He isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. He's gone yeah. from this oily, unctuous, unpleasant, <laughs> vacuous tree dweller to a normal, a normal kid all of a sudden. Well, she hands the book back to Paul and says, I believe this is yours. He said he'd lent it to Linda. That's what he says he'd done with it. And then, oh, I guess that she must have been returning it to you for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't left, say that. No, and left it on your bed for no reason whatsoever. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you had been casting spells, and bearing in mind that you might have the knowledge how easy it is to make a rebound, the last thing on earth you'd do would be leave the book about, wouldn't it? Unless you were trying to fit Paul up. But I'd, yeah, I'd so keep he... the book, burn the book. I wouldn't leave it on the victim's bed. That's what yeah. I wouldn't so do. So who has given her the book, then? Well... I don't know. I can't imagine. The assumption is Linda has created this spell. Is that, yeah. what, we're, is that what we're going with? That she's yeah. Maybe whilst they were looking for books, Linda found a spell and that was... No, was, no. She's already, she's already cast it by then. Because oh, do the you think... They're looking, yeah, because the reason they're looking for the books is because she's... Oh, she's had the book and it's already been in use. Yes, of course, right. So so when they're looking for the book and it's not there, that explains the reason why Linda couldn't find it, but it doesn't explain why Linda decided to volunteer that information whatsoever. Or or put it up up on on her bed. Paul can't put it up on her bed because he's claimed not to have had it. So it's a bit of a mystery how that's happened. I guess the insinuation is that Linda did put it there yeah. But now that can't be the case, or 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 shouldn't have been the case, because no. if Lin, if Linda is any good at being a witch, then she wouldn't be doing this, that. Would she? she would definitely not get past the GCSEs at this stage. That's I I would have thought lesson one on being a witch: don't leave your witch book on the victim's <laughs> bed. <laughs> I mean, I'm no expert on witchcraft, but that's what I would have thought. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, uh, put, so yeah. As she hands the book back, and he takes it, acting all. When I, I put it, Paul's acting weird, but he's not. He's acting weird for Paul. Um, yeah. And then he finish. They finish off. I don't, can't remember who says it. Poor old Linda. That's the uh, close up. Close up of Karen. Poor old Linda. And then the glangs, as you would have it. The actual idea is pretty good, you know, that you think it's yeah, this person yeah. all along, and it's not, and it, uh, you know, it's yeah. it's not as obvious as the omen, but it's you know, it's on the it's on the lines that oh, we were thinking that the nanny was, you know, the the main person, but it weren't. It was everybody else as well. You know. Yeah, well, I I quite liked it actually, you know, because I say it did remember, remind me of those 
um, old sort of 60s, like Hammer Horror sort of yeah. stuff and things like that, albeit a sort of truncated version of it. Uh, and, and I grew up with those things. And, and I, I totally agree that this had all the hallmarks and probably even filmed in the same sort of style, you know, like you said. It's like location when we need it, studio when we're not. It, yeah. was, it was just... Because I, I really like the spooky stories, particularly. You know, I couldn't wait for this one. I, yeah. have, I just have that thought that I wasn't given enough information to feel it. Like, I was just watching all the time. I was never feeling it. And I think the best way yeah. to do these sort of things is when you put yourself in the situation. At not one point was I felt like I was in Karen's shoes. And I don't want to be in Karen's shoes. They're, they're big shoes to fill. I'm not <laughs> suggesting she has, like, hobbit feet or anything like that. I'm saying and, that... Well, imagine if she got them wet. Then what would happen if she got those <laughs> shoes wet? <laughs> There's a callback for you. That's an extreme callback, that is. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only problem I have with it. But the actual, the actual story, of course, I, you know, I enjoy these kind of crazy stories. But those, I, I just, I was just chuckling to myself before we went on about how many times I had to write the word weird, um, and it's just because there was a lot of weirdness going on. Um, I just wish there was a bit more, to be honest. Is there any weirdness next time? Well, uh, next time, if I'm not much mistaken, we've got the uh, two old actor friends who are meeting up for the first time in 25 years. Ah, this is... Um, hang on a minute. Tell me. What have, you, what, have you, what have you been up to lately? That's it. What have I been up to lately? Well, it, there might be a surprise for that episode. There, there could well be a surprise. Be, and you know what the surprise I mean, don't you? I, I do know what it is, yes. But I'm, gonna, uh, I'm, I'm keeping get our up. listeners on... Uh, on their tenterhooks yeah. by, uh, by not saying what it is. I don't know if you're going to say. No, I was going to say it's not me just getting my willy out for the episode. Which... Well, that, that wouldn't be a surprise. That I mean, I, I see you on the video all the time, so <laughs> I'm used to it by now. I should probably put it away next time, though, for for <laughs> obvious reasons. Um, which will become obvious, yeah. Obvious yeah. Reasons, yeah. So uh, that should be good. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you told us, like, the, uh, the title of it, but did you give us yeah. a... I did. It's called What Have You Been Up To Lately? It's two old actor friends meet up for the first time in 25 years. They're fond of the fact that neither of them has been successful in their career or life, and they reminisce about a girl upon whom they both had a crush. Ooh. Ah. Nice one, that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, that's that time. Uh, we'll do that at the next time, if that's all right with you. Okay, yeah, that's um, fine. That's a good time for me. Okay. Right, God, this was a long episode. I've just seen how long we've been at it. Um, it didn't feel like it when we were talking. It felt like it was um, quite recent and yet still so long ago as well. <laughs> right. I'll, uh, stop, I'll stop my recording, shall I? Yeah, let's stop my recording. Right, we'll, uh, we'll, stop. We'll, speak, we'll speak next week or next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.